You're welcome to episode 11 of the Swinford Chats podcast with myself, Cahill Kelly. And myself, Tommy Stenson, of course, in association with the Gateway Hotel in Swinford. Uh, Tommy, how are you keeping? Good. It's uh, It's been a good week, Cahill, but uh, you've had a good week too. Uh, you kind of left Swinford Chats for just a day or two and you headed over to News Talk. That's right, Tommy, that's right. I had a bit of an adventure yesterday evening. Uh, I texted into News Talk and uh, they were doing a piece. Uh, they had someone on giving out about the prices hotels around the country are charging for the summer. And I texted them to say that not all hotels like ourselves are, are doing that. And there's great value to be got out there. And in fairness, they, a few minutes after the text, the phone rang and it was the producer asked me, would I go on the show? So I suppose I had to back up the text. Yeah, so I was delighted. To, delighted. It's, always, it's always nice to get a bit of bit of publicity for the for the hotel like that so i was delighted with my with myself yesterday well i actually think i think the gateway hotel in sunford has got a little bit of publicity i know during the second lockdown was it that virgin media even took a, a tweet that you had or, or done some re- right, research actually, that was just actually the night before we reopened after lockdown one back in the beginning of the summer back in early july uh someone mentioned the great value deals that were on offer so that was completely unknown to us and my phone just actually was having breeze rowdy where doing a video for the hotel in the hotel at the time and my phone just and I just lit up and everyone texted me to tell me yeah so as I said those little bits of PR are always always nice to get and you know gives us an opportunity as well to to, to let people know what we're about. Exactly and uh, I know Cahal you were saying to me that you've signed up for this weekend because the uh, Colum Horkin Memorial Run is taking place it's the virtual five kilometre ten kilometre or half a marathon that's on Saturday the 14th. That's right. That's a, a fundraiser that we've mentioned a few times now on the podcast. Our neighbours over in Charleston are doing it, and they're doing it in, under in, in memory of a great man, unfortunately, uh, Detective Conor Harkin, who was killed in the line of duty uh, last year. And uh, you know, we wish everyone over in Charleston involved with this project well. I know they're they're raising funds for a memorial uh, park in Conor's name, which is going to be an absolutely fantastic uh, addition to the town over there. So we wish them all the well with that. Yeah, delighted to sign up. I needed that bit of a the the weather was getting a bit colder. Cold. I needed that bit of extra motivation to uh to, to to drive me on. So I won't be breaking any records now. But yeah, I was uh, delighted, you know. And I know from talking to someone over in Charlestown during the weekend, uh, they've had an absolutely fantastic reaction to it. It's a very attractive. Have you, are you signed up yourself? I'm not yet, but Carl, after uh, thinking about it, and if you're going to do it, then I'll do it too. But I'll only do the five k. I think that's all I'll be able for, Carl. All right, yeah. No, I, I'm going to push myself for the 10k myself. So if you if you see me out struggling on the road on, on Saturday or Sunday, you you know what I'm at, you know. But again, we wish them all uh, our neighbours over there in Charleston every success with with what I'm sure will be a, a fantastic event. I, and I know I'm sure they look forward to doing many more events in in real person when they can. You know, as I said, for what's going to be a you know it's not cheap to do a project like they're doing it. But I, I think they I know as I said from talking to Charleston people. The reaction they've got to it is has been has been massive, and it's great to see the the community over there uh, pulling together. And I actually think this idea came from one of the I- Irish Army battalions that are based abroad. If, if I'm right, yeah, the uh, 62nd Infantry Group are based in Syria, and they are actually taking to the roads uh, from their base in Syria to raise funds in Column's memory as well. Uh, so that's that's quite a nice idea from them. Makes you feel part of something as well. It has to be a. It has to be a good thing because this lockdown is not easy on anyone. Exactly. And if you do want to take part in that uh, virtual race on Sunday, February 14th, you can check out uh, details on popupbraces.ie, event master for your ticket, or of course, the Charlestown GEA Facebook page. So last week, Tommy, I mentioned to you that I was getting a a mug uh, done up for the Swinford Chats podcast, uh, the Swinford Chats Mm. podcast mug. I suppose I'll I'll have to think of something else now. That's a bit uh, tongue twister for me. So I was trying to think of how we'd, uh, you know, we'd be delighted to give uh, one or two of these out every week. So we're just thinking, I mean, it'd be nice if people sent us their, I suppose their Swinford stories, their Swinford memories, you know, a story they have mm. about a memory in Swinford or an experience they had in Swinford. If they could send it out, we'll, we'll kind of uh, listen to them and chat about them and then give out a, a mug or two each week. And we look forward to to reading some of those. And of course, if you do want to do that, uh, make sure to get in touch with us through our social media channels. Of course, Swinford Chats Podcast at gmail.com.
On this week's podcast, we're delighted to be joined by Julie Doyle from New Park in Swinford, but of course now living and working in Dublin. Julie is an integral part of the Mayo Association in Dublin and of course was a huge support to me when I first went to the capital. She's a very friendly face to anyone who moves from Mayo to Dublin. Julie, it's great that you're joining us this evening. Thanks, Tommy. Delighted to be here this evening. So tell me a little bit about uh, your work with the Mayo Association in Dublin. I suppose I, I joined the Mayo Association uh, in and around um, 2000 and maybe four or so. Um, I'd heard about it all right, but I didn't really I didn't really know too much about it. In fact, funny enough, when we were when I was in UCD, um, I had heard that a couple of guys were trying to get together to um Make a, make a society, a male society in UCD, because they used to have a couple of county societies. So they wrote to the Mayo Association and got, got a bit of money off them and rounded up all the Mayo people. I don't know if Cahill might remember this or not, or whether this was before his time in UCD, but they rounded everybody up and we had a, a night in the student bar um, and all the money was spent. So um, I'm not I, sure. I think I, I, could have been, I could have been at that night now, uh, wouldn't be. <laughs> The memory could be hazy. <laughs> it goes it goes down in the annals anyway of the Mayo Association because I've heard it a few times. But as I like to like to tell uh, the the very uh, well known Noel Howley that's on our committee when he when he says those oh, students you know we gave them the money and they spent it and I said but look what you got in return I said I joined it years later it should have been paid back in spades now at this stage to you Noel but um, yeah so I joined it and it was actually John Geary from uh, from Pontoon that had. Uh, told me about it a bit more about it and he was getting involved he'd been on the committee for a year and he asked me uh, what I think about joining the committee and we I went to my first ever business lunch and I bumped into Carmel Conlon at it and both Carmel and I were approached uh, that evening to join the committee so um, funny enough both of us joined up at the same time and uh, Jennifer Jordan joined up uh, from straight as well so the three of us were all kind of newbies joining up the committee together so uh, there was a nice young kind of element joining up and uh, really just I suppose I've been involved with it from there I think for the first couple of years you know when you join a committee you're kind of sitting back and seeing how things the lay of the land goes it's such a busy committee as well that you know you're trying to figure out who's who and what's happening so it took a while I suppose before I got um, very involved with it uh, in terms of all the organising of the events that, uh, but uh, I, I joined them back then and I'm I'm still a member now. So it is, um, it's a busy, busy association. I think it, um, I think it can be difficult for some people to think, oh, why is there a Mayo Association in Dublin and sure it's only down the road? And like, it's, it's, in existence since about 1905 and the fact I think that it's still going uh, now is just testament really to that there is a bit of a need for it you know and um, I think when people go away from home I think even now they they tend to underestimate the effects that it can have on somebody and certainly I know when I left uh, Swinford to go to Dublin and I was only about I was only just gone 17 it is such a big change and if you're not used to of of being away from home it's it is nice to actually get to know people up there and it's a it's a good network for people to um meet each other socially and through business but the social side of it really is uh the most important side of it really because it is like it's a it's a family of male people in Dublin and uh, we look after each other <laughs> and and then we try to uh, uh, you know try and raise issues that are affecting Mayo and promote Mayo in in Dublin and try to just do that on a give it a you know another platform to to raise consciousness about issues in Mayo and then fundraise for clubs and societies and various different causes. So we, we do tend to give out a good bit of money every year from all of our fundraising. So um, it is, it's a lovely thing I'm, uh, to be involved in. And uh, the fact that, it's, that I'm still involved now for after 14 or 15 years to show you that it's, it's, it's worthwhile, you know, I, I do enjoy it actually. Good fun. And I'll probably it, be able to tell you that though, because he sat in the committee obviously for for a year, so he would have had a, a real flavour of how how things happen in the Mayo Association. 
No, and I, I definitely enjoyed it. And you mentioned there Cam, uh, Carmel Connellan, a former chairperson, and yourself, a, a former chairperson. And I suppose one of the big events is obviously the annual ball and awards gala, which uh, would usually be taking place this kind of time of the year. I think this time last year we were all in the Ballsbridge Hotel, Julie. Well, we were. And actually, funny enough, I saw that pop up in my timeline last week. It was uh, Martina Jennings, our current uh, male person of the year. And it, the press launch popped up on, on my timeline. And I couldn't believe it to think, well, wow, that was a year and how much work would be going on at the moment. The work that goes into organising the ball every year, it's months and months of preparation and planning. And it's hard work that all comes together on one night and it is just such an amazing night and I think for anybody who's ever won any of the awards it is a special night for them it's it's lovely it's a way to honour their life and their work and so many of our winners they're all and what they do it's all so worthy I mean they give so much of themselves to Mayo and I think it's so nice that we're able to recognise that and I, it's, it is a shame that this pandemic means that it's not happening this year because it is a it's a loss and I think even within the committee ourselves we feel the loss as well this year because it's such a big part of our of the life of our association so everything's kind of been put on hold at the moment so it is it's 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 such a shame and I, I think it all it also offers I think the opportunity for the last couple of years where we've had a charity partnership element to it so we're missing that this year as well so it's it is it's a real it's a real shame yeah I've got to enjoy uh, many times myself over the years Julie and it is a fantastic night out uh, obviously I just go for the enjoyment I have nothing to do with the, the work as you said that goes into it but I suppose uh, there's as you said you, you award uh, uh, winners every year for Mehill the Mayo Person of the Year and then the Young Person of the Year and Swinford has been very fortunate which has given me the reasons to go up and enjoy the night over the last 15 years or so even we've had Cancer Action Mayo Shim Shishraja uh, the Cyclist last year um, mm-hmm. Michaela, Michaela Walsh yeah as well as our Adam. Young Person yeah, so Swinford has been very fortunate in that department. It has. And we had Sister Maureen Lally, I suppose, uh, two years before nice. before that as well. And Sister Maureen had obviously spent time living in the convent and, and working in Chalkeskin and, and in Swinford. And Klasser won the medal um, back in the early 80s as well for all their work with the community centre. So, I mean, th- there's been... Swinford have been very fortunate, actually, that they've... They, it just goes to show... Uh, that the sense of volunteerism in Swinford is still very much alive and that uh, the amount of metal awards that have been won as a result of work that's gone on in Swinford, you know, so um, fair play to, to everyone involved. And it's, it is yeah. great even for us that's organising it when you have a bit of um, a connection to the winners as well, because they're all independently chosen, you know, every year. We don't have any say in um, in who wins. There's three independent judges with no male connection chosen every year to choose the winners so that there's uh, some transparency in it. And it, it does. It, it, it is lovely to see where there's a local winner. I have to say they have been my most enjoyable nights is when uh, Swinford have, have been featured in the award winners. And I know more recently, Swinford, the students of Skullmara August Porak have really shone at the debating. And that was an idea, I think, that you brought forward, Julie, uh, to the association. Yeah, so I think when, when, whenever a chair kind of takes office, they tend to want to... Um, put their own stamp on it and they might have ideas that are, uh, you know, hatching there at the back of their mind for a while. And certainly when Carmel uh, joined, she made she made the position her own and had her initiative. So I suppose I wanted to follow suit. And uh, one of the ideas that, that I had was the school's debate and competition. And I think part of that was born out of the fact that I had had such a great experience when I was in Skolmiracus Porik. I took part in the O'Connor Cup debating every year. I was lucky enough to be chosen each year uh, for the team and I really enjoyed it. And then I did some Seroptimus debating with the school as well and they were very encouraging. So it was something that I always thought that I would have liked to uh, see more of. 
And I knew that it was something that we could do and do well because we had some really good people working in our committee. Um, Adrian Langan uh, was the one of the former auditors of the um, HIST in Trinity College, which is the debating society. So we already had access there to a whole wealth of people. And um, I think the way that we set up the competition, it's a university style debating. Um, it just... For students that are heading on to university and they're interested in it, it gets them um, competing at that level. So and to get them thinking about uh, debating and, uh, and on that kind of level that they'll experience when they go to college. So, uh, you know, it was, it's good to be able to to give something back, you know, in that way. And uh, we were very lucky to get GMIT on board through Carmel and uh, and then we had Trinity on board then as well. And we managed to get um, President Mary Robinson as the patron of the competition as well. So from the get go, we just had so much momentum and so many people behind it. And we the first year that we did it, we were worried we wouldn't get enough schools and and we were booked out in the first year. So and it's been going since and it's fantastic. It's so good. And the schools really enjoy it. And we get such feedback and it also just makes, I suppose, young people aware of the association as well. As they're coming to Dublin, they know that we exist. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a great, it's a great competition. I love it. Yeah. You mentioned the business launch there earlier on. Uh, I've often fought hard to get tickets for the All-Ireland Finals, and I've always managed to get one. But I've yet to manage to get a ticket for this famous business launch in November. <laughs> I've even gone as far as ringing my uh, old teacher, Eddie Melvin, trying to get a ticket out of him, you know. But uh, with no joy, it's a, it's a big, big event. Oh, it's a huge event. I mean, it's running about maybe 25 years now uh, uh, in and around. There's a bit of, there's a bit of uh, um, uncertainty about when the first year was, but it's in and around 25 years. And it is sold out as soon as we tell people that it is happening. It's sold out. There's people who've been coming for the past 25 years to it and they nearly reserve their, their table a year in advance. It's always on the same uh, Friday in November every year. And uh, for the last number of years, it's been taking place in the, um, the Intercontinental or the former Four Seasons in, in Balls Bridge. And it holds about 450. And we have a waiting list every single year. And it is just, it's, it's more about the camaraderie on the day itself it's an early like it's an early start the lunch it's about half 12 one and really it's famed for not finishing until maybe half 12 one you know you you need to be in uh, fighting fit form first it's really that's why i want to go it's my kind of day you know <laughs> uh, it is and to be fair too i think the one thing about uh, when you do come to it, and Kahi, you'll have to let me know, and I'll I'll have to <laughs> have to put your name down this year, reserve a seat. Um, it and we didn't have it this year, obviously, with everything. So another event that we really missed this year, uh, and a lot of people were really feeling the lack of the business lunch this year because people tend to think that it sets up the Christmas period. It's just it's maybe two weeks before all the Christmas madness kicks in of all the businesses, particularly, I think, in in uh, Dublin and the banks and, and, and all the sorts of transactions that need to be completed before before Christmas. So everybody is um, ready for it. And you're not competing with all the other Christmas parties that are happening over the next couple of weeks when diaries start to get filled up and client dinners and everything and people are so busy. So it's nicely timed and it's just a really good fun event. I mean it's we always have a, a really good speaker and it's just a way for people to meet up maybe do a bit of business and a uh, lot of swapping of business cards. I've seen couple of romances even kicking off at the business lunch later on in the wee hours in the ice bar and it is just it's it's hard to explain it's just a really good event you are welcomed as soon as you come in it doesn't matter you know where you're from as long as you're from Mayo, obviously <laughs> but, uh, when you come in everybody wants to know who you are and oh well you must know this person I'll introduce you to that person and you will never leave there without having made at least 10 new friends before the end of the night and probably will 
be meeting them over and over as well. So it is um it is a really good networking opportunity and it's 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 unique, you know, and it, but it's just it's just a great fun night. Like I have to say it's my favorite it's my favorite event of all of all of our events just just, because it's the success of these events, Julie, is that a real strong indication of the the huge brand that is the Mayo brand? You know, like Mayo people were very proud. I'm sure every county the people are proud of where they're from. But there seems to be a particular Mayo brand out there. Would you agree with me there that you know Mayo people will always let you know they're from Mayo, or maybe it's part of the football journey as well, and just all that kind of we're kind of fighting our case, or. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all very much interlinked and, and it's all part of the whole migrant, I think, experience as well, because of the fact that, um, you know, there has been so much emigration from Mayo over the years. And they, as I know, Mayo.ie usually have all the stats on how many Mayo people worldwide claim or people claim Mayo heritage or Mayo descent. And it's in the it's in the millions so uh, people are very proud of where they're from uh, because there's such a there's such a grow for it. And uh, it's more it, it's something I don't know, it's nearly ingrained in people um, because I think maybe over the years, whether it was to do with, uh, you know, economic depression or rising from it and male people are very resilient I think even you know historically so I think all of that kind of comes together and and it is that's linked as well as you say with the football there and the the journey and uh, I think yeah it's funny uh, the people are very proud of being from Mayo and I mean um, obviously I am as well you know but um, it's it is. It is a unique experience, and I think I. It's often a question I get asked by people. You know, like Mayo, you're very clannish, and you get all the jokes about the Mayo Mafia and all of that sort of stuff. But um, it is. It's 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 a unique experience. But I think you only experience it when you are from Mayo. So it's hard to actually push a push a label on it. Really, I felt a few years ago I was the only one not in New York. Was it two years ago? That that that, oh, yeah. uh, and I was getting the pictures, and I thought, God, I wish I was in New York right now, just in Times Square. Marty Morrissey was there. There was uh, such an atmosphere, I think. But moving away from the Mayo Association, Julie, I've read over the last couple of months a couple of your articles in the Parchment Magazine. Tell me a little bit about that okay. and your involvement. Yeah, so the Parchment Magazine is um, it's a like a quarterly um, magazine that's brought out by the Dublin Solicitor Bar Association. And no more than the Mayo Association, I actually got involved with the DSBA uh, back in and around the same time. So I joined both committees at the same time. But um, you, you, so I was elected to the DSBA Council in around that time. And I served on the committee for about eight or nine years, and. Um, I it, it it's a big commitment. You're you're involved in all different um, all different committees, professional committees, kind of the area of of law that you would be specialising in. You sit in the committee, and then all the committees feed into this periodical, this magazine. And um, I was coming close to being the president of the association at the same time that I was coming close to becoming the chair of the Mayo Association. And I just thought, oh, gosh, um, I don't think I can do both of these. So before I took up the vice presidency of the DSBA, I said I'd take step down for a year once I stepped down and my workload lessened I didn't step back up so instead I uh, joined the editorial committee of the parchment and funnily enough our parchment magazine is uh, edited by none other than uh, pontoons John Geary so John has a journalist background and uh, so he was appointed um, uh, as editor there about 10 years ago and turned the magazine around from uh, you know, a small kind of leaflet to this really slick professional um, magazine. Uh, so it's kind of circulation of under 5,000. There's been so many awards for it. We had we even had one of our um, our writers win Journalist of the Year a couple of years ago, the Irish Magazine Awards. And considering it's only a small, you know, professional magazine, it was that was a huge, big accolade. 
So uh, it's definitely a magazine that punches above its weight, and it's um, it's a it's a really good read, you know, in terms of some of the articles are, are fascinating. And then you've got all the professional, you know, the the legal um, um, articles in it and updates on law and practice notes and all that sort of stuff as well. And uh, so it's. Um, just keeps people in up to date on uh say the dublin solicitors um um got it so the membership as such so that's really what it's for but it's it's so well known and i know one of your articles julie was uh, recently on mary kane uh, the daughter of tom and mary kane from the callow area yeah, so th- that was just something that uh, that came about. It was really uh, kind of seized the opportunity to do it because oftentimes we sit around at our at our editorial meetings and say, "Well, who are we going to uh, who are we going to interview uh, this month?" And I had seen all right that Mary had been appointed as uh, uh, chairperson of the National Gallery of Ireland, which is just a huge uh, post. And her being from Swinford, of course, I wanted to. Um, to to touch base with her um to actually to see if she might do an interview with us so it was great to be able to, to promote another swiffer person and uh, uh is she's the deputy director general of the law society anyway so she'd be well known to people in in legal circles but the fact that she had this new additional post was just so newsworthy it had to be it, it couldn't go without being mentioned so give me an opportunity to link in with mary and I had no I know Mary over the years anyway, so it was great to be able to to do the interview with her, and then um, it got reproduced there in the Western People a couple mm. of weeks ago as well. So that was great. So it's all is it's just nice to be able to kind of meet in with people from home and to be able to um, to shine a spotlight on them as well wherever we can, and you know whether that's through the parchment or through the Mayo Association, it's always good to be able to do things like that and support our own, you know. And I know, Julie, you are a great uh, promoter of all things that, that are happening in Swinford. You like to keep in touch with what's going on down here at home. Oh, yeah, sure. Jeez, Cahill, I know everything's going on, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in Swinford anyway at the moment. We decided that this time after Christmas, we, we knew lockdown was coming. So we're figuring that we were going to be working remotely anyway. We might as well just stay down and uh, and actually spend a bit of time down here at the moment. So it's it's good to get a bit of break out of Dublin and to actually be able to uh, see a bit of uh, Mayo daylight and breathe in the fresh air in Swinford when I can. So, um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's certainly nice to get down. It's hard, I suppose, when you're working as well to get down as much as you'd like. So uh, at the moment, it's great to get the opportunity to, to be able to do that. So I'm enjoying it. I know after we interviewed uh, Marion Harry back in uh... Episode two, Marion mentioned that she was from Main Street and you had a comment up that you were also originally, uh, did you, is that, am I re- thinking that right? Yeah. I never knew you yeah. were a townie, Julie. No, I, no, I wasn't myself, but what happened was, was that Marion had mentioned that when they moved to Swinford, I think she said it was around 1973, and they had um, bought the anglers and they had moved into the anglers or they released the anglers down there and it just resonated with me because that was the year that my mum and dad moved back from England. So they had both emigrated, you know, at the end of the 50s and had been living there and met and uh, they moved back to Swinford in 73. So they'd had Robert and Sharon at that stage. So they were bringing back two little English kids. And then they had Jackie in 73, but they bought, um, it was the Hax, it's the Haxel house. Oh, you know, yeah. that's where they, yeah. yeah. So they moved into into uh, Main Street then. So where Marion was talking about all these young families that were around at the time, it just we've so many photographs and everything from Main Street then because there there was so many kids uh, that were uh, on Main Street and uh, three of them were Robert, Sharon, and Jackie. So you know, it was just. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they lived there for about two years before they uh, moved out here to, um, to back to the home house here in, in New Park. So, yeah, they didn't stay townies for too long. Uh, Julie, one thing I'm, I'm always advocating for is that I think Swin for people who are based, whether it's somewhere else in Ireland or even abroad, that the potential to be great ambassadors for the town, you know, that, and give their ideas back to the town like that. We want to hear from people, you know, you know like that your connections don't finish. The minute you go, you know that you can always keep those connections intact. Yeah, well, that's certainly something that I feel. You know, I think it's important. Um, 
uh, certainly, I know we got involved there with the Swiper 250 uh, uh, there a couple of years ago. Um, particularly, I know Breach uh, Rowley was doing a couple of events. Um, one of them was centred on uh, the the village here at Lishnabrone. So it was great to be able to get involved with uh, Breach on that and the American Wake. And um, it just opened up an awful lot of conversation with people who had moved away and lost contact with and um it was it was just a it was a lovely night i think uh, if anyone hasn't seen it there was a lovely concert in uh, the white house on the sunday night and it's still i know you can you can see it online i think either on the swim for 250 uh, facebook page but i know you can certainly get it on youtube and that was just a lovely event and it was just a nice coming together of all the people from the village who had moved away and for them to celebrate Swinford and their stories of growing up and you know there's such talent that night as well it was just it was just I mean, lovely to be able to do that the atmosphere of the White House that night was absolutely fantastic it was you couldn't forget it the minute you walked into the White House that night there was a buzz that you can't buy you know yeah, just people yeah. people that were catching up and meeting with people it was it was lovely and say for for my mum and uh all her generation there were people who had come back to Swinford especially for it and who had been away and uh it was just it was really just a special night and it's only really like that I know I I was listening to one of your podcasts there the last year you were talking about how that came out of some mad conversation you had some night where you decided let's celebrate it and and the same thing for the for the American Wake came out of a, a mad conversation with Breed Rowley one night and uh, Nora McBurney uh, about well what what could we do and uh, it was just such a really lovely thing to do and in the end an easy enough thing to organise because everybody just wanted to wanted to take part and to get on board and it just all came together so well so it was really nice and like that. It just celebrated Swinford and celebrated just people. And I think that's really what it's all about. It's Absolutely. all about community and that sense of belonging. And, you know, it's all, you know, identity, I think, is still so important to everybody. And all of that is about where you're from. So it's important to celebrate it. So I think from my perspective, I'll always, you know, champion Swinford and, uh, and, and Mayo in, as well. And I think... That's part of, a part of being able to do something for Swinford when you're away, you know. So I think that's some of the things that, you know, I think that's worthwhile. I know Cahal mentioned there Swinford Ambassador and I think you really are that, Julie. And uh, thanks again for all your work on the Mayo Association Dublin and the support you gave to me when I was there too. So uh, thanks again, Julie. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Milan. Delighted this week to welcome Christopher McHale Rowe, the chairman of Swinford uh, Soccer Club. You're very welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, um, Tommy and Carl, for inviting me on. It's uh, very happy to be here. So, Chris, I know you had uh, you had your AGM there last week, and you had to do it over Zoom. I'm sure that was probably a first. Was it a bit unusual? It was. It was a new experience. Yeah, we've had a we've had a bit of practice having our um, committee meetings now over Zoom and everything. But it's, uh, it still took a, a bit of getting used to. It's a, a different way of doing things, definitely. So, and uh, am I correct, yours? You went in as chairman, and you're staying on as. Chairman, I, yeah. I am, yeah. I'm going into my uh, third year as chairman now. Yeah, it's uh, very good. And so, I suppose it's it's probably been a, a tough year for the club, for any club I know nationwide. But you know, how have you found it, Chris? Um, yeah, it's, it has it has been very tough, like for not just for soccer, but for every sports organisation, it's been very difficult. But um, yeah, it's we were happy when we did manage to get back tr- uh, training, and then eventually we got back playing, and then obviously COVID uh, got worse again, and. That was the end of everything. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been very difficult, especially when you see the players. They put so much work and effort into getting themselves fit and ready to go. Um, the only good thing is we did manage to complete um, the youth season that went ahead. So at least the youth sides did manage to to complete their seasons, um, which was uh, positive. Because uh, the club is in a very good place, Chris, isn't it? You've got great, you've got a lot of teams out there, boys and girls, even up to see, you know. Uh, what age, age? Just give us a rundown of kind of the, the different teams in the club. So basically, we start um, under sixes, under eights, um, under elevens, under twelves, all age groups, all the way up to under eighteen. And then at senior level, we have uh, a women's under nineteens team. Uh, we have a men's senior team. 
Um, we did enter a uh, senior men's under-21 team this year, but obviously COVID uh, put, a, put an end to that division taking place. Um, but yeah, every, we, have a, we have a team at every age group, if not a couple of teams at every age group now in the club. And all the teams are performing very well. Yeah, it's great to see and it's great to have uh, such facilities in town because I know you have fantastic facilities out there just outside town there, a couple of pitches, stand, clubhouse. I mean, the progress of the soccer club over the last 15, 20 years has been has been a huge benefit to the town. Oh, yeah, it's a fantastic facilities out there. It's, um, it's, a, it's a credit. It's a credit to the town. Um, it's a credit to everyone who's put hard work in um, over the years, getting the club established. Um, it's just, it's, it's great to have it. It's uh, just a shame it's not in use at the minute. That's the... That's the... Yeah. And I suppose like everything, uh, fundraising is a huge part and financial support and you run many different uh, ways of, of bringing in some money. And of course, you have a last man standing competition running at the moment. Yeah, we have our last man standing. This is the second round of it starting now. Um, the last one was run there by Shay Durkin. Um, so congratulations to him on that. And the next round starts on the 20th of this month. Um, it's a it's a fun it's a fun way to to raise money and have much needed funds coming into the club. Absolutely, and it makes the kind of makes the different Premiership matches at the weekend kind of gives you a bit of interest in them, doesn't it? When oh, oh yes, You're as, long as, you, as long as you don't get knocked out in the first weekend, <laughs> that's that, that's it exactly. You, you you find yourself shouting and supporting clubs you never thought you would. That's the that's and one side. People, of it, yeah. if people wanted to kind of join in that last man standing, Chris. How would they go about doing that? Um, we have links on Facebook, Twitter. Um, there's a link in the bio on the Instagram. Um, or just go on, click the link, and you just enter all your all, all your details in there and uh, follow through. And it's simple. Once you're in, it's it's quite explanatory, self-explanatory. Um, so you can just find the links on our Facebook, on our Instagram, and on our Twitter. And I know you also have a club uh, website, don't you? And I think you recently launched a shop on that, Chris. We did. Now we did this season. Um, we partnered up with Umbro. Umbro's come on as a new official um, sponsors uh, partners of the club. Um, they've taken over all the um, the club uh, merchandise, and so they're running the shop for us. And on top of that, then they're supplying all our team wear and kit wear and uh, training equipment. So it's it's great to partner up with um, such a big brand as Umbro. Now it's uh, great for the club. And I see they're looking at the officers uh, from the recent AGM. I think uh, your wife Tanya was is involved as well, Chris. So it's a real husband and wife team up there. At the, is that right? It is. Now she's she's on to her second second year as secretary. Now, yes, yeah, she's a. Uh, She's um she's loving it. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, she's it's very good of her. Yeah, she's um she does, she enjoys it. But we have we have um we have a very good committee now. We have um very good and active committee. We had Jerry Gohan uh came back on this year. He had a year away from the committee, but he came back on as vice chairman this year. Um we have um Olivia Rothnin as um treasurer. Uh, she's done a fantastic job this year when she took over. Um we have um Paul Kenny as our community liaison. Um, then we have Aidan Dunleavy, who does a, does a fantastic job as our um, child safety officer. He was also our vice chairman last year, um, does a, a, a tremendous amount of work. We have Michael Devaney then as our, um, as our, coaches, as our coaches officer. Um, once again, Michael, fantastic work. Just everyone working hard on the committee. Um, let's see who else we have there. We have Mary Murphy. Um, she is our liaison person. And she, once again, massive effort involved in the club. And her son, Martin, this year, come on as the player's representative. Um, so it's a, it's a busy and very, very active That's community. because I, I draw my mum was beaten on the podcast, Christopher, is that, you know, people need to get involved, you know, at clubs and organisations. Even when they're successful, they don't just happen. And I, you need to get involved. With, with, without the committee, we'd be going nowhere. And everyone puts such hard work in, not just in committee, people go out there, get their hands dirty, physically working out at the training facilities and the pitch and getting everything ready, especially during this COVID time, getting all the new protocols in place and everything. It was, there was a lot of work goes in by everyone behind the scenes. It's, it's, it's a credit to them. The, the, the senior team, I think the senior lads team has, has had a couple of successful years there recently. And they're up in one of the top leagues now, I think, in the county. Yeah, we have. We um we got back into the Super League there after ten years away. It was um a very happy, very happy time for the club there. Um, but yeah, we'd have a, a few successful years there in a row, not winning anything, but getting to. We got to a Connacht final, uh, obviously the Tui Cup final, but sadly finishing runners up in both those competitions. And then um, last year, well, the twenty nineteen season, we finished runners up in the league, and for once we were very happy to be runners up, and we got promoted back to the Super League first time after ten years. It was um it was it was great. Yeah, it was very. That's brilliant. And I suppose that bit of success helps keep lads involved and, and lads wanting to get involved because I know that is a tough 
a tough kind of gig around here to keep keep lads involved. Yeah, it is. And, and everyone who's involved, they put serious work in and they deserved to, to pay off in the end. But we are, we're lucky as a town. We have, we have an, an, an enormous amount of talent in the town from not just in soccer, but every sport. Like the town really does punch above its weight in every sport. Um, but it's, yeah, the commitment and the hard work from the lads and the coaches and everything, it's, 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 it's phenomenal. We hope that uh, the COVID restrictions ease up on you soon enough, Christopher, and the club gets back doing what it does best and we wish you all the success for 2021 oh, oh that's that's thanks very much Cole. it's a uh, good you to say that now it's uh hopefully we get back sooner rather than later it's time now for our local news segment here on the Swinford Chats podcast and starting with the Calasser 50-50 draw that took place last night in the community centre so we'll bring you the winners uh, for this month on next week's podcast but last month's winner was Justin and Deborah Cronley who won €530 Euro, with Kira Hussey and Calasser National School winning €20 Euro spot prize each and once again they thank you for all your support. So the Swinford GA 50-50 draw took place as usual on Tuesday night past and the lucky winners this week was the Prendergast family. Congratulations to all of them. The Swinford GA 50-50 tickets can be got from around town or you can contact them online at the Swinford GA website uh, to, where you can also join the club mailing list at swinfordga at gmail.com. Also, the GA National Club Draw tickets are available at €10 Euro and with some fantastic prizes to be won. And they're available online, again, at swinfordga.e or from club officers. And I want to remind you again this week of 50 in Feb for RPM West. It's a voluntary group working with persons on the autism spectrum, helping them to attend education and sports camps where they can learn and socialise together. Jake and Ava Galvin, whose brother Adam has non-verbal autism, have decided to run or walk 50 kilometres in February to raise funds for this year's RPM West summer camp, which runs annually in Foxford. Anyone can join in with their idea or simply donate to their GoFundMe page 50 in Feb for RPM West Autism Group and all support would be greatly appreciated. Uh, there was no winner of the Swinford Community Lotto this week. Uh, the pink tickets are available uh, throughout the town. The jackpot is now €16,400 and the Swinford Community Lotto thanks everyone who are continuously supporting the, the lotto and they are continually developing sport and recreation facilities in the community. So those pink tickets are available throughout the town. Now, just to tell you about an event that's taking place uh, this weekend, the Western Cares Virtual Valentine Candlelit Evening will be live streamed via their Facebook page on Saturday, February 13th from 8pm until 10.30pm. This is a free event, music and chats with some much-loved national and local guests, including Daniel O'Donnell, Nathan Carter, Mike Denver, Sandy Kelly and Tommy Fleming, plus many, many more local artists. You can check out their Facebook page and, of course, it's organised on behalf of Western care by the Valentine Candlelight Ball Committee. There will be a raffle run in conjunction on the night and you can get some uh, raffle tickets online. So uh, once again, they thank you for your continued support. That's for Western Care, a very worthy charity. Also, people are asked to note that during level five restrictions, the Swinford Parish Office will be open only on Fridays between 9am and 2pm. So anyone that wants to arrange an anniversary mass must phone the office on Fridays and uh, your cooperation is greatly appreciated so the office can be contacted between 9am and 2pm every Friday. Over the last number of weeks on the podcast, we've mentioned the name Jack Feeney, of course, the Irish tenor who was from Swinford and uh, who even performed in Carnegie Hall. Cahal, you might tell us a little bit more about who Jack was because I know there's a connection uh, with yourself and Jack. That's right. uh, Jack Feeney was actually uh, a cousin of my grandfather, Douglas Kelly's, and uh, first cousin, and I'd still be very friendly with uh, Jack's niece, uh, Jean Freeman, who's based in uh, Castanach in Dublin. And I know who listens into us every week and really enjoys the shows. But uh, And I know uh, we do plan on doing um, uh, a kind of fuller episode on the story of Jack Feeney, because sure. it, is a fantastic, uh, it is a fantastic story. But just briefly, Jack Feeney was born in what was now Lamb's Jewellery Shop on Main Street. We actually uh, erected a plaque there in his honour in... 2003 to mark the 100th anniversary of his birth. So uh, he was a, a well-known Swinford man who went emigrated with his wife, who was uh, one of the well-known Ruddies from Ballina to America. And over there, he became a very distinguished um, radio personality. Mm-hmm. Jack Feeney was a, a very well-known uh, tenor. And uh, probably the best-known song he's known for is the one we're going to play tonight, which is Moonlight in Mayo. 
episode 11 and we hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of the swim for chats podcast uh, as we said last week uh, if you could give us a like share subscribe comment whatever you feel like on whatever channel you're you're finding us on we're delighted that you're listening to us and uh, just let us know uh, what you think or uh, any thoughts and as i said in the introduction uh, send us in your swinford stories or memories for a chance to get a swinford podcast mug uh, we we have a website uh, swinford chats I always I nearly have to question myself when I, I nearly you're right, I nearly you're right. Out the gateway website for that one, but uh, yeah, so no, uh, uh, thanks to our guests again tonight, and uh, hope you all enjoyed this. Now, so each week this time, I do uh, give the answer to last week's question, which I asked Tommy was uh, about the, there was an old cinema there based in uh, Brookfin Avenue in Swinford, and I asked him if he knew what it was called. Now, he was fairly confident. Well, I, I'm gonna say it was called the Lyric Cinema. That's right, Tommy. That's right. Uh, the Lyric Cinema. It was uh, there, uh, as I said, the building there behind the hotel on Brookfield Avenue, just across the road from the hotel uh, in uh, what was kind of most, probably most recently known for Tom Mahan's furniture, furniture store was the most recent business to be located into. I actually took a walk up by uh, the cinema the other day, Cahal, and I see up at the very top, if you look up high, you can actually see where the Lyric is still uh, engraved on, on the top of it. Yeah, and as I said to you, actually, even when you get into the building as well, and I was lucky enough to, to get into it a few times uh, recently enough, um, you know, you can still get that same sense of the cinema about it. So actually, maybe that's something that if you're thinking of what stories you tell us, maybe share a memory or a story mm. you had of uh, the, the old uh, Swinford cinema, the, the lyric. Uh, I also asked Tommy now when I, I kind of got the impression last week that uh, he knew the answer to that one, so I said I'd make uh, add on a... A bonus question, and that was: Did he know what the the last film 
shown in the in the cinema was. Well, Carl, I can't tell you what the last film was, but I can tell you what the first film was, and that was a screening of the 1938 musical Sweethearts, starring uh, Jeanette MacDonald and Nelson Eddy. So, I, like, I do think I deserve a half a point for that. But go on, tell me what was the last one. I'll give you half a point for that one, Tommy. Actually, the, the cinema was closed in 1970. But a final screening of the sound of music. The sound actually, of music. Funny enough, they, since the podcast last week, the the main actor, of, um, I can't think of his name now, but I know he passed away during the week. The actual actor from the sound of music. So that's a bit of a, a funny one. Actually, we always kind of were familiar with the cinema in my house. My my grandfather Douglas Kelly, uh, uh, along with uh, two other businessmen, Paddy Feeney and uh, Gussie Burke, uh, actually owned the cinema. So we were kind of always, always kind of familiar with the cinema in our house so again that's uh hopefully maybe that's a piece we'll do a, a longer piece on the history of the cinema and delve into it a bit more but as i said if you have any stories of your experiences at the swinton the lyric cinema in swinford please uh send them into us through you can through the channels as we said whatsapp or um the swinford.ie website swinford chat sorry that ie website Go on, Carl. Give the Gateway Hotel website. There. <laughs> I, know, I won't. I won't. I, won't, I, I You know. I. I, I can't now. No. Uh, Gatewaysmithford.com. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so this week's. Uh, this week's question. Now I'm going to stick in. Stick in town again. And. Um, you know. I, we mentioned before. We actually it was one of the, one of the first podcasts we mentioned before of uh, the time General Humbert uh, mm. came to Swinford and uh, as uh, I asked Tommy that week about what was the famous barbecue he had around using the gates of a Bramson house. Heist. Yeah. But um when Humbert stopped in Swinford uh, with, with his force, uh, he met uh, with members of the local United Irishmen in in what was the hotel then was in the square in Swinford, uh, just to the right of the arch as you're looking at it now. Mm. Uh, so I think the bookies is in what I would still kind of call the Hagen, but uh, yeah. that building there. So I did you know what that, that hotel was called Tommy. I, I don't, so that's what I'm gonna have to research for this week. I might take another walk, see is it written anywhere, see see uh, can I get any hints and hopefully I'll be back with an answer for you next week. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I think they're actually I think now that I think of it there could be a plaque. So again that'll make yeah. I'm, I'm I'm making it easy. You know, I might need a bit of elbow grease though. <laughs> I'll bring my Sif uh, and Jake cloth, or actually, I'll I won't bring it. I'll, I don't know. Do I have much cleaning supplies? Because I wouldn't do it too often. But I'll call into Yvonne across the road and see will she have some supplies to help me out with that. So, just want to thank everyone now as well for sending in their ideas and plans that we've been asked for over the last few weeks as part of the this was the Swinford Development Plan, which will be part of the, the bigger county development plan. We have some great ideas coming in. There's great interest in the likes of developing a, a greenway, developing walkways, developing bike tracks. Uh, one idea came into us, a great idea thought about looking at a colour scheme to brighten up the town. Uh, I know the Swinford Tally Towns I have a great idea of getting people to adopt the planting boxes that are located around the town. And that would ensure that um, they're probably maintained uh, more often and looked after more often. If, if uh, maybe a particular business, a group of staff in a particular business or a family or someone, you know, might think, it, yeah, I'd like to do That's what I could. Again, it's about... If you did that bit, that's more than enough for kind of uh, looking after that. I thought that, I thought that was a great idea myself from Swinford Taddy Towns, and again, an organisation who do Trojan work mm-hmm. around the town, and uh, it's obviously great to see the town be kept so well. And an organisation that can always do with extra help, and and you know pick up a bit of litter if you see it, and don't just walk past it. But yeah, but keep those uh, ideas and plans coming in. We're delighted to be sharing them on with Mayo County Council and as well forming them as part of our own development plan for Swinford as well. So that's it for this week. Once again, thanks for joining us. Uh, Like, share and subscribe and we'll chat to you next week.